You're listening to audio from Queen City Church. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message will encourage you and offer practical steps for a relationship with God that keeps getting better and better. We're intentionally doing weeks like this for what I call a right now word. In other words, like what we're doing is in between these series that we plan way far in advance, we wanna create just a little bit of margin to say, God, what are you saying right now? And so that's what I've been doing all week is just saying, God, what are you saying to us right now? And so today, if you are taking notes, which I really hope you are today, I think today's gonna be very helpful. It's gonna be practical. I've got a lot of content, a lot of scripture. So I wanna make sure that you're taking notes today uh, and really lean in to this message. I wanna challenge you to lean in, not to hear from me, but I believe God wants to speak to you today a right now word that I think is gonna help you, especially over the next month. And so today, as I was preparing for this, I wanna share a message that God put on my heart that I've simply entitled, it's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Let's pray, let's invite God to speak to us today. God, we are so grateful to be here today. And I'm so thankful for everybody that is in the room at Withrow, everybody that's watching online. And uh, God, we just, we literally open up our entire life to you and we give you permission to speak into any area of our life. Uh, There's nothing that's off limits to you today, God. And uh, really what our heart's desire is, is that we wouldn't play church today. We wouldn't go through any religious motions but that we would walk out of this room different than how we walked in. And that's not because of, we just learned some stuff, but really because we, we desperately need to hear from you. And so God, I ask that you would remove all distractions and would you help us be able to hear from you today? We thank you for the gift of today and the gift of being able to gather together today. So would you speak to us today? We love you. And it's through Jesus that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Okay, guys, um, I don't know if you know this, but we are officially in the holiday season. Like we are here, it's here. We are officially here. We just wrapped up Thanksgiving. Christmas is right around the corner. Literally, it is 28 short days away. Uh, The tree is probably up, the stockings are hung, the shopping has begun, the deals are being made, the calendar is filling up with all the events and all the Christmas parties, the travel is being coordinated, the Christmas movies are being watched literally at my house this past weekend. We watched four, count them, four Christmas movies this weekend alone, including Elf twice. I mean, I'm just... I mean, they are being played at the Cromer home right now. And on top of that, our Christmas Eve Eve candlelight Christmas services are only 26 short days away on December 23rd. So we are literally right now in it. We are in it. We are in this holiday season. And all week long as I was preparing for this message, I kept thinking about that classic Christmas song, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the year. And here's some of the lyrics from that song. It says, it's the most wonderful time of the year with the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you guys smile, be of good cheer. 
It's the most wonderful time of the year. Later in that song, it says, it's the most wonderful time of the year. There'll be much mistletoeing, hello, uh, and hearts will be glowing. When loved ones are near, it's the most wonderful time of the year. But here's the thing. The truth is, for many people, maybe even including you, it's not the most wonderful time of the year. For so many people, this time of the year is actually the hardest time of the year or the most painful time of the year or the, the most stressful time of the year. And I think there are many reasons for that. One of those reasons being just, I don't know if you've noticed this, but everything around this time just feels bigger. I like to say it this way, that like Christmas and the holidays are like a magnifying glass. It just makes everything good and bad just feel like it's so much bigger. So if you're lonely around this time of the year, you feel even more alone. If your family is just full of drama, it somehow, somehow becomes even more dramatic during this time of the year. If your marriage is in trouble, it gets even more exposed. If you're in financial stress, man, it can feel so unbearable this time of the year. And if you've lost someone that you loved, and this is the very first holiday season without them, it's already hard, it's already painful, you feel that loss, but for some reason during the holidays and during the Christmas season, that loss and that pain and that hurt feels even heavier. And if you wrestle with things like stress and worry, anxiety, depression, man, it feels like it ramps up so much more. In fact, according to the American Psychological Association, 38% of people say that their stress increases during the holiday season. Why? Because everything just feels bigger. But I think another reason why this time of the year, which should be the most wonderful time of the year, often feels like the hardest time of the year, the most stressful time of the year, the most painful time of the year, is because during this season, I believe we are more open and more vulnerable to the enemy's attack during this time. And here's what's so important for you to know. Maybe you're new to faith. Maybe you're new uh, to, to, to the things of God. But you need to understand that the Bible actually says that we have a very real enemy. And he goes by a lot of names. Satan, the devil, the enemy, the thief, the prince of darkness, Lucifer, Beelzebub, the jerk. I mean, I'm just telling you, there's a lot of names that are out there. But in John chapter 10, verse 10, it actually says what Satan's job description is. And here's what it says. It says that the thief, talking about Satan, that he comes only, meaning this is all he does. His job description is to steal and to kill and destroy. Here's what that means. That means that Satan's full time job is to steal and kill and destroy everything good in your life. 
Not just the person that you're sitting beside, not just the person that's on the other side of the room, not just people that are in ministry, but his full-time job is to steal, kill, and destroy everything good in your life. And you need to know that he works 24 7, 365, that he never takes a day off, especially during the holiday season. And my Bible says that he's really good at his job starting on page three. That's his job, is to steal, kill, and destroy. But the question today, the most important question today, is how does he steal, kill, and destroy? Well, John chapter 8, verse 44, gives us insight into how he actually does that. It says, he, talking about Satan, was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. That same exact verse in the Passion Translation says, he's been a murderer right from the start, from very page one. That's what he's been trying to do. He never stood with the one who is the true prince, for he's full of nothing but lies. Lying is his native tongue. So in other words, if he's speaking, he's lying. It says he is the master of deception and the father of lies. So... Satan, he steals, he kills, and he destroys one way. Alex, come up here with me. He does it one way, and that is by lies. By lies and deception. Just hold that and just let everybody see that word, okay? That's how he steals and he kills and he destroys. He does it exclusively through lies and deceptions, period. That's his only weapon. Let me put it this way. That's the only bullet in his gun. But get this, it's not even a real bullet and it's not even a real gun. It's a lie. It's a deception. Listen, he has no power over you other than to suggest something to you that's just not true. I've heard way too many people give him way too much credit. That, oh, the enemy, he did that. No, he didn't. No, all he has is the power to lie. Listen, it's really important to understand that, I don't know if you know this, Satan is not God's equal on the evil side. Like, he's not. They're not equal. Because Satan is defeated. Like, he's already lost. And now all he has is his weak little lies. And by the way, if you can't tell, I'm really fired up today. I really am. Like, I'm really stirred up. I really feel like I've heard from God and I'm fired up because I am tired of this dirt bag that is constantly ruining people's lives, including people I love so much, including you. And I love you so much that I want to do everything I can that over the next 28 days, when he ramps up his lies to help you. And I'm telling you, he's going to do it. And so I really have two goals with this message. One, I want to expose the enemy for who he is and what he does because of this one principle that when we expose the liar, we can defeat 
his lies. So I want you to have some wins over the next 28 days. That's what I want. I want to expose him for who he is and what he does so that we can defeat his lies. And then second, I want to practically prepare you for what you're going to face over the next month because his lies are coming and they somehow get a little bit louder over this time of the year. I read this yesterday in my devos, in my time, my personal time with God, and I felt like, yes, that's it. This is what we're trying to do today. First Peter chapter five, verse eight and nine, it says, stay alert, and that's what I'm trying to get you to do. Like, hey, over the next month, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a, and this word is so interesting to me, underline it in your Bible, a roaring lion. He's not quiet. I don't know what you picture when you read that verse, but every time I read that verse, my mind instantly goes to like Discovery Channel, Discovery Channel, you know, like the lion that's that's hiding very quietly in the tall grass and then pounces. That's not what it says. It says he's roaring. He's loud. He has the same game plan over and over and over again. What he's trying to do is just simply lie. He's coming with his lies because he's trying to lie and he's not quiet. He's looking for someone to devour. And so here's what I'm trying to get us to do today. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. So we have a very real enemy whose whole job is to steal, kill, and destroy. But how he does it is lies. But here's the great news. Because If there's lies, then that means there has to be, Noah, come up here, help me, has to be truth. So if there's lies, which there are, the good news is, is that there's also has to be truth. And so John chapter one, starting in verse 14, it says that the capital W word, By the way, anytime you see that, that doesn't mean just word, that means Jesus. Jesus is the word. And it says, the word talking about Jesus became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father. And then it gives this description of who Jesus is. He's full of grace and truth goes on to say in verse 16, out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given stacks of grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth, it came from Jesus Christ. And then later in in John, in John chapter 14, Jesus himself says this in verse six. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Not a way, a truth, and a life. No, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Listen, truth is not a principle. Truth is not a philosophy. Church, truth is a person, and his name is Jesus. Listen, the world is not our source in the standard of truth culture is not our source in standard of truth. The news, 
don't matter which one, is not our source and our standard of truth for the love of God. Social media is not our source and our standard of truth. I know that this may, you may not like this, but you are not your source, are not the source and the standard of truth. I am not the source and the standard of truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the source and the standard of truth. So if you want to know truth, you have to know Jesus. And you need to know his word. You need to know the Bible. Because here's what we believe around here. Just so you know, if you've ever wanted to know what does this church believe about the Bible, this is more than just a book. This is God's very words to us. It is not a collection of words about God. It is God's word. It is alive. It is powerful. This is the only book that's breathing, that has a heartbeat and a pulse. This book is alive and it's powerful that it speaks to every single area of our life in every season of our life. In other words, this is God's word and this is truth. And we can defeat the enemy by replacing every single lie with the truth from God's word. And by the way, that's exactly, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, this is exactly what Jesus experienced in Matthew chapter four when he was tempted by the enemy. Read it sometime this week because three different times in Matthew chapter four, Jesus gets bombarded with lies from the enemy. And three different times he says, it is written, it is written, it is written, that he defeats those lies with the truth of God's word. But for you to be able to do that, for you to, to defeat the enemy's lies with the truth of God's word, you have to know God's truth. That's why I encourage you at some point you in your spiritual journey to make sure that you are spending time every single day reading God's word. Even if it's one verse a day, like you need more than just Sundays. Like you need to be able to get this inside of your system as much as possible. And maybe you're like, I don't have a Bible. We'd love to give you one. The amazing, generous people of our church have already bought and provided free Bibles at the info area in the lobby. Just go out right after service and say, can I have a Bible? It would be our honor to put a Bible in your hands. And so I wanna encourage you to be able to do that because this is true. So recap. So there's truth. And then there's lies. But here's what's so important for us to get today is that all of us live our life every single day, every single moment, never in neutral with these two things. That we are always lined up to either truth or we're lined up to lies every single day. Now, here's the most important part of this message is that the truth is there is truth, there's lies. We are always lined up to one of those things but the most important part of this message is that you and I, we choose which one we line up to. We choose whether we line up to truth or lies. That is a choice. You cannot choose if the lies are going to be coming this holiday season. I promise you they're coming. But you can choose if you line up to those lies or if you line up to the truth. Listen, these lies, they by themselves cannot destroy cannot destroy you. That verse says the enemy, he comes with his lies to steal, kill, and destroy. Let me just tell you straight up, those lies cannot steal, kill, or destroy. They cannot. They cannot by themselves do that. Lining up to those lies 
can steal, kill, and destroy. The lies have no power on their own. They only have power when we give them power. They only have power when we line up to those lies. So there's truth and there's lies. But the question is, how do we line up to lies and to truth? Let me give you three ways that every single one of us, at times we will either line up in these three areas to either truth or lies. And the first way is this, in our thoughts. In our thoughts, in what I think. And this one is hands down the most important one. If you only have the uh, ADD capacity to listen to one out of these three points, I'm about to give you listen to this one. This one is the most important one, and here's why. Because your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. I promise you, your thoughts is affecting your life big time. In fact, Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7 says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. In other words, what we think determines how we live. And scientists have actually discovered something fascinating. They discovered that every time that you think a thought, it creates a path in your brain that is known as a neuropathway. That every single time we have a thought, it creates this path called a neuropathway. But scientists have also discovered that the more we think a thought, the stronger it gets, the easier it is to think it again, and three, the harder it is to think a different thought. So whenever we think one of those thoughts, whenever that happens, the more we think it, the stronger it gets, the easier it is to think it again, and the harder it is to think a different thought. Now that, that pathway, in other words, like a pathway can then become a rut, that's really hard to get out of. It just keeps getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And this is why, for some of you, it is so hard for you to believe truth and not lies. Some of you have heard the same truth over and over and over again, and no matter what, it's really hard for you to line up to it. And it's because there's been some neuropathways that are created into lies. But here's the good news. Scientists have also discovered that the brain actually has the power to change. And they call it this other word, neuroplasticity. That scientifically you have the power to change the way that you think. And by the way, I just love it. Whenever science discovers what God's word has already said years and years and years ago, because in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, listen to what this says. It says, don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. How? I want that by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 says it this way. We take every single thought captive. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. In other words, we take every single thought captive. We grab it and we submit it to Jesus who is truth. So we line up to truth or to lies in our thoughts. Number one, our thoughts, like what I think. And then number two, the second way that we line up is in our emotions, in what I feel. So if your thoughts 
are all about what's in your head. This is what's all in your heart. And Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 makes it very clear that says, guard your heart above all else. Why? Because it determines the course of your life. So when we line our heart and our emotions up to truth, it determines the course of our life. Same way with lies. It's so important. So that's the second way. And here's the third way that we line up to either truth or lies is in our actions, in what I do. Now, the first two are all about what's happening on the inside, but this one is all about what's happening on the outside. In Psalm 119, verse five, it says, oh, that my actions, what I do, would constantly reflect your decrees, that my my actions would actually reflect God's word. So, We either line up to truth or to lies three ways. In our thoughts, what we think, our emotions, what we feel, and three, our actions, what I do. And uh, by the way, thank you guys. You guys can set that down and then do that. Can you clap your hands and show them some love for not fainting? Okay, that was awesome. Don't lock your knees, fellas. Have you up here for a while, okay. But I want to end uh, this message by giving you um, a very practical exercise that has actually helped me so much with this. Again, this is a right now word. I ask God, God, what do you want to say to our church right now? And as we ramp up into this season, that's the most wonderful time of the year. But truthfully, man, for so many people, it's the hardest. It's the most stressful. It's the most painful time of the year because of because everything gets bigger and the lies ramp up. And so how do we actually defeat? So this is the very practical part. And I want to give you a very practical exercise. And I want to challenge you at some point this week to sit down and do this. Like before we get too far deep into the holiday season, take some time to do this and really do four things. And here's the first. I like to get a piece of paper. And on the left side, I want to one, I want to write down the number one lie that's affecting my life right now. That's the very first thing that I want to do. I want to write down the number one lie that's affecting my life right now. Do we have that? There we go. Uh, Write that down. So on the first part, like whatever that is. And the truth is there may be a lot, but just start with one. What's the one that's making the biggest impact right now? Name it. Call it what it is. Don't sugarcoat it and define it. Because here's why. You cannot defeat what you do not define. So make sure that you take time to write it out. This is the number one lie that is affecting my life right now. And then underneath that, begin to write down my thoughts, emotions, and actions when I line up to that lie. Can you, can you actually, in other words, what does that lie look like on your life? So what do you think when you line up to that lie? What do, what do you feel What do you do when you line up to that lie? Write those things down. And then on the other side of the paper, number three, write down God's truth that defeats that lie. I love to find a scripture. I love to find a verse that shows the truth over that lie. And I write that down. And then number four, write down my thoughts, my emotions, and my actions when I line up to that truth. In other words, write down what the truth looks like on your life. Like, what do you think 
when you line up to that truth? What do you feel? What do you do when you line up to that truth? And then when you have both of those things written out in this exercise, when it's clearly written down beside each other, then simply ask yourself, self, which life do I want to live? Do I want to live that side of the paper or do I want to live that side of the paper? Now, um, and the cool thing is that is a choice. Now I sat down and I, and, and I actually did this for you. Uh, of what, what is the number one lie that, that I experience? And by the way, this is the number one lie that I wrestle with all the time. This isn't a one-time thing. This isn't just a Christmas season thing. This is something that 10 years ago, if you were to ask me, what is the number one lie that you wrestle with? Brian, it's this. Five years ago, it's this. Six months ago, it's this. This is a core lie that I constantly am wrestling with. And, um, and this is it. The number one lie is this. Um, that no matter what I do, I'm not good enough. No matter what. Doesn't matter how how good I perform, no matter how well I preach, no matter how, how well the church is doing, no matter how my behind the scenes life is put together, no matter what, the biggest lie that I face is that I'm not good enough. That's the number, that I'm always going to fall short. So I spent some time of writing down when I line up to that lie, when my life lines up to that lie, what does it look like on my life? So what are my thoughts? When I line up to that lie, I constantly think I'm not good enough. It's constantly in my mind. I always think I'm gonna fall short in every single area of my life, that I'm gonna fall short professionally, that I'm gonna fall short in my marriage, that I'm gonna fall short in my parenting, that in, in all areas, relationally, my friendships, as a son to my, to my parents, that in all ways, like I, if I line up in my thoughts, I'm gonna fall short. I overanalyze everything and everybody when I start to go that way. I tear myself down. I begin to pick myself apart. Here's all the different ways that I'm not good enough. And listen, nobody has to do that more than me. I know who I am. I know the ways that I fall short and I can just pick myself apart and be so critical. And then at some point, it even gets to the point where it's like, why even try? If all I'm gonna do is fall short, why not just give up? That's what I think. What do I feel? I feel like I'm always losing. And that's not a good feeling. The truth is we all wanna feel like we're winning. Nobody wants to be on the team that loses every game. And even if you're not competitive, you don't wanna experience that because it feels good to win. But when I line up to that lie that no matter what I do, I'm not good enough, I feel like I'm always losing. And then I get robbed of all hope. I get robbed of joy. I don't have any peace in my life, there's like this unsettled discontent. I can never just be peaceful. That's what I feel when I line up to that lie. But then what do I do? What are my actions when I line up to that lie? Well, I'm overcritical of everything and everybody. I can become obsessive. I can, it's, it's, like, it's like I can't make mistakes. I, I develop a perfectionism mindset. I overwork, I isolate. I am literally no fun. 
when I line up because everything is so serious and I got to do everything right. And I got, there's no enjoyment. I can't celebrate when I actually do something well because I just focus on the things that I don't do well. Then I end up fishing for compliments. That's what that lie looks like on me. But thankfully that's a lie. And so if there's lie, then there's truth. And the truth is part of that lie is true. Is that on my own? I don't have what it takes, like on my own. Like the truth of the gospel is that me by myself, I can't, I can't, I can't, no matter how hard I try. I can't be perfect, I can't get it all right. But the good news is, the truth is, 2 Peter 1.3, I read this this morning in my devos, just happened to be today. It says, by his divine power, God has given us everything that we need for living a godly life. So the truth is one, I'm not alone. God is with me. I don't have to try to do everything on my own. God himself is with me every single step of the way that there's not one moment, one thing that I can go through where he's not there. And not only that, he gives me everything that I need for living the life that he has called me to live. Everything he's called me to do in life, every way that this book calls me to live my life, he has given me everything that I need to do that. That is truth. So the question is, what does my life look like when I line up to that truth? What do I think? Well, I think about not just how bad I am, I think about how awesome and good God is. I see the good that I am doing. I don't have these blinders on to what is. And not only that, I, I shift my focus from being perfect and perfection to direction. It's not about being perfect. It's the direction that I'm going in my life. I don't linger on mistakes. I'm able to move on. I don't overanalyze everything and everybody. And I actually believe the best. I don't assume the worst. That's what I think when I line up to that truth. This is what I feel. I feel way more confident. I have peace that passes my understanding. Even when bad things happen, I can experience some joy that cannot be taken from me. I'm not talking about happiness. I'm talking about joy that can't be taken from me. That's what I feel when I line up to that truth. And then what do I do? Man, I make healthier choices. I'm not perfect, but I'm telling you, I make better choices. I'm not overly critical. I'm able to disconnect and to truly rest. Because even if there's more stuff to do, I can trust because I know God has given me everything I need, that he's got me, he's got my back, so I can actually take a day off. I'm able to celebrate wins and people. I enjoy life way more. I'm telling you, I am more fun when I line up to that truth. I'm more social, I don't isolate. So that's what that truth looks like on me. So let me ask you a question. Which life do you think that I want to live? So let's just, let's just take a little poll here, okay? So if you think the life that I would want to live is over on this side, lining up to that lie, go ahead and raise your hand. Anybody? Okay. Now, how many of you, by show of hands, you think I would want to live a life that's on the right side of that page, lining up to truth? Absolutely, it's a no brainer, right? Here's the great news, guys, it's a choice. It 
is a choice which one that I line up to because that's determined by what I line up to. So maybe you are here today and maybe for you right now, you are being bombarded with lies. Like they're already loud. Lies like the same one that maybe I have is that I'm not good enough. Lies like I'll never be good enough. I've made way too many mistakes. Things will never change. I will never change. My family will never change. My marriage will never change. My kids will never change. My situation will never change. Maybe lies you're being bombarded with. There is no hope. There's no way out. Like whatever that you're dealing with, you're just stuck. Like this will be my life forever. Maybe it's lies like everybody else has it better than me. Maybe it's lies that you're being bombarded with that nobody understands. You're the only one. Maybe it's I'm all alone, that I don't belong anywhere. Maybe it's even so far to say I'm just a burden. Maybe it's lies like people don't care, God doesn't care. And I love you enough to tell you the truth that over the next 28 days, those lies may get even louder. And maybe you find yourself at church today and there's those lies. And maybe today you came in and you are living your life right now, lined up to those lies. You've lined up to those lies in your thoughts, in your emotions, in your actions. And if that's you, let me nice. I have a smile on my face because I have some good news for you today. The good news is, is that that can change. Like that is not something that you have to live your life that way. That is a choice that you can control, which means that you can change, that you don't have to live your life one more day lined up to those lies that you don't have to go through this holiday season lining up to those lies in your thoughts, in your emotions, and in your actions. Today, you can make the choice to line up to truth. And by the way, that is actually an amazing picture of the biblical word of repentance. That's what it means to repent. It's a churchy word that often has a really bad reputation. A lot of times, if you've heard the word repent, you maybe think of somebody pointing their finger at you with an angry scowl, being really like angry and judgmental and accusatory, like repent, repent you dirty sinner. But it's actually a beautiful word. It's actually such a life-giving word. In fact, in Romans chapter two, verse four, it says God's kindness, not his anger, not his judgment. God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. So here's what the word actually means. That word repent, it actually means this. It just simply means to change your mind, which leads to a change in behavior. It's an inside out change. So here's what this looks like. So maybe you're going one direction. Repentance says, I'm going one direction. 
I recognize that I shouldn't be going that direction. So I change my mind about the direction that I'm going. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't need to do this anymore. I have conviction that the way that I'm going shouldn't be. It's an inside change. I change my mind about that's the way I need to go. And then that change of mind leads to a change in direction. And then you start going this way. That is what biblical repentance is. So here's what this means today. That if you came in here and you know that you know that you know that there's some real lies that you face every day and they get ramped up and louder over this most wonderful time of the year. That whenever that happens and you're lined up to that lie in your thoughts, in your actions, in your emotions, when you, you repent, you say, I recognize I'm going this way and I don't want to. God, change my mind, change my mind about going that way. And that change of mind leads you to start walking in truth and lining up to truth, not lies. And the cool thing is, that's a choice that you can experience today. So right now, I'm gonna ask if you'll bow your head, close your eyes. And before we end, let's create some space to just hear from God, okay? You will get home by kickoff, you're good. We're good. But let's take some time to just hear from God. Let's remove all distractions. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to ask God, God, what are you saying to me today? Not to the person I'm sitting beside, but God, what are you saying to me today? Maybe ask him this, like, what does my response need to be to this message? In fact, here's what I want you to do. I want you to ask God right now, is there any lies that I've been lining up to? Whether that be in your thoughts, your emotions, or your actions, ask him, hey, is there any lie that right now I've been lining up to. In fact, I just wanna just see how many of you would say there's a lie, you're thinking of a lie that you have lined up to. And maybe you lined up to it right now. If you have, you would just slip your hand up in the air and just say, yeah, I'm lining up to something. Yeah, there's a core lie that I have that I line up to, yeah. You can put your hand down and just, why don't, because of that, why don't we just take some time, let's just pray for a second. God, I, you know, every single lie that just, you know, every story, you know what it is. And God, today we recognize that we have lined up towards lies. And right now we ask that you would give us the strength and the courage to repent. Would you help us to change our minds? If we've lined up to any lie in our thoughts, our emotions, or our actions, God, we're sorry. Would you change our minds over what that is and what that looks like? And God, we ask that you would help us this holiday season to literally, one, change our minds, but then as we change our minds, would you help that change our direction from those lies to your truth? Help us to line up to your truth in our thoughts, your truth in our emotions, in our actions. God, I thank you that you're with us and that through the power of your Holy Spirit, you give us the ability to be able to literally change our direction. God, would you change us from the inside out? Help us to line up to truth today. Now, before we end, 
I do wanna create some space for those of you that are here that maybe you've been living your life without God. Maybe right now, he's not in your life. You have no relationship with God. I'm not asking if you have religion. I'm asking if you have a relationship with God. Because I want you to know this, God never intended for you to live life without him. That he wants a relationship with you. In fact, he wants a relationship with you so bad that he gave up his one and only son, Jesus, to die on a cross to pay for your sins just for the chance to have a relationship with you. And maybe you are at church today and you have never had a relationship with God. That seems so foreign to you. Or maybe you're here and you have had a relationship with God at one time, but today you need to make a fresh commitment and you need to have a fresh start in your relationship with God. Today, we wanna give you that opportunity. We're not gonna point you out or make you come forward or embarrass you in any way. I just want to lead you in a simple prayer. And if today you know before I leave this place, I need to get right with God. I need to either start or I need to restart my relationship with him. Before you repent from any lie, before he wants that. He wants a relationship with you. So if you're here and you know, man, that's, that's your decision today. You wanna start or restart. I'm gonna ask you on the count of three to boldly put your hand up in the air with nobody looking around as a sign of faith saying, include me in that prayer. That's my step today. So if you're here and that's you, boldly put it up on the count of three. One, two, three. If it's here, that's you. Put it up. I got you. I got you. I got you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And put your hand down. Maybe pray something like this. Just say, Jesus, I need you. I can't live my life without you and I'm sorry if I've tried. Will you come live inside me? Will you change me? Will you make me brand new? God, I give you my entire life. I give you my life. I surrender everything to you. And today, I receive your grace. I receive your forgiveness. I receive a fresh start. And today, I start or restart my relationship with you. And I choose as an act of my will to follow you the rest of my life. I thank you so much for Jesus, the gift of Jesus that even allows this to happen. We are so grateful today for Jesus and it's through Jesus that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Church, can you do me a favor and can you clap your hands? Come on and celebrate with all those that just made that decision. It's awesome. It's awesome. If there's anything in your life that we can pray for, please visit queencitypeople.com slash prayer. For the latest updates on our church, follow us on social media at Queen City People or visit queencitypeople.com.